0: Locked on Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: day.
0: Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, presented by Get Upside. Just download the free Get Upside app and use promo code Touchdown to get 25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first tank. I am Marcus Mosier. He is Landon McCool, and Landon, I'm fired up today. I'm, I'm angry. Oh I'm up, oh a little boy. bit bitter and upset. So it should be for a good show. But uh, how are you doing today?
1: Uh, I'm doing well. I, I i hope it's nothing that I did. Uh, I may no. have forgotten to send you a box of built bars, maybe or something. That, <laughs> I actually uh, ordered
0: a new one today. That's the truth. Okay. Coconut brownie chunk. Uh, good, good. It's I, not, so it's actually, not on me. <laughs> part of it is uh where I believe they've they've declared a uh, snow emergency which that,
1: that never happens
0: here, which tells you we got a lot okay.
1: of snow. Okay, I mean, look, you have had, se- over the course of me knowing you, you have had dealt with several, what I would call snow So Yeah, yeah. And the uh, fact that they are just now calling this a snow emergency. All right, you, you got to give me the deets. Are, are so, you, is there snow like at the second story window or what? So, well, what's
0: happened is like people that park their cars on the side of the road the the snow banks have gotten so high that they can't get the cars out you literally can't see the cars now because they've gotten buried under the snow banks so people can't get out they can't get out of the driveways they can't get in the cars they can't find their cars because there's so much snow um so yeah and now because yeah i just say now because the snow has piled up so much on both, both sides of the
1: road the plow trucks can't get down the roads yeah, you know, we're kind of dealing with a little bit of that out here. It's uh, it's it's almost fifty degrees here, so uh, you know it's uh, similar, very similar I, situation.
0: I do want to say for our friends that are living out in Dallas, I know yeah. you guys got a lot of snow the the, the last couple of days, and we're, uh, power power went out, so we're. Hoping everything's good. Sending our well wishes because I know that's a scary situation in town in Dallas. Yeah, you
1: know? these people live in the north. They're, they're yeah, we're used yeah, to sort of it's it's yeah. totally
0: different in Dallas, and I, I I understand how scary that can be. So
1: absolutely, absolutely, heart goes out to everybody that's in Texas right now. Um, all
0: right, we got some <laughs> we got some things to talk about today, ladies. So we a do. report came out today from one hundred five point three The Fan uh, that the Cowboys are trending in the direction of releasing Amari Cooper and Demarcus Lawrence ahead of free agency in order to save cap space. Um, And that has me upset. So we're going to go at these one at a time, but in general, what do you think about the potential of these two moves?
1: Well, yeah, I mean the potential of them, I'm I'm not a fan of, obviously. I mean, I think, uh, you know, with, with Cooper, it's, I think they are different. I I, I think I would probably be more upset um, if they couldn't figure something out with Lawrence with Cooper. Mm. Hmm. I actually disagree with that, but we'll get back. Well, I, I mean, let me. <laughs> the financial side of Cooper makes more sense. Correct. It, so they, I don't let's, know. Let's
0: clear that up really quickly. So they yeah. can cut, they can cut Amari Cooper and save 16 million with 6 million in dead cap space. If they cut Demarcus Lawrence, they would only save, I believe it's like six and a half million dollars. So, yeah, financially, it makes it more make sense,
1: sense to cut. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, as far as whether they should do that or not, right. Um, I think you and I have been discussing this over the last few weeks since this is, you know, this a playoff game and, and, and just the kind of way that the offense never was able to turn back over. Uh, it was, just felt like it was uh, kind of an idol for a long time. And, and, you know, part of what we kind of talked about was the fact that we felt like we weren't getting enough, or I'll be, I'll, I'll speak for only myself that I, that I felt like we weren't getting enough out of Cooper, uh, in the offense. And, and to me, that is not just a Cooper problem. You know, that's, that's, that's just as much equally a problem with the play calling, uh, you know with maybe the quarterback involved in there this is a a, a three-pronged issue to 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 say the least right mm-hmm. cooper has his own side of that cooper has an element in there that you know he's responsible for there are issues that i've had with the way um you know at times when he's played and, and some of the decision making that he's made but i'm not necessarily advocating for cooper to get cut i i think the idea is that If you're gonna pay Cooper the amount of money that Cooper's being paid, then you probably should do more to try to get him involved. And my my other side with Cooper there is that I hate that Cooper, in order to get involved, has to be like kind of force fed the ball early in order to be put into games. Like that part, I put on Cooper a little bit.
0: How okay? Let's talk about that because I think that's interesting when when a receiver's not getting the ball early, we, we have to start talking about like force feeding the ball. Cause we did the same thing with Des like in 2014, yes. right? Like yeah. why don't the Cowboys get the ball to the, the receivers more often? Is it really force feeding or is it just getting them more involved in the offense? Because you watch the Rams, they'll open a game with three targets to Cooper cop in the first five plays. We don't call that force feeding. We just call that that's their offense, right? Let's just yeah. get in touches
1: early on. I think the difference is, is that the way that the Rams do that. And again, right. like the Rams get Cooper open and design plays specifically to, uh, to free him up. I think what's happening with Cooper is that they're running normal plays. And instead of going through the full progression, as the play is designed, Dak's just going to Cooper, you know? And and I think that may be the difference again. All of this is to say, I think I would rather tinker with this to get it back to rice yeah. than trying to completely move off Cooper. The, the The thought process was if, if, if this is the offense and the offense is get the ball to who's open, then to me, it doesn't make sense to have a guy on your team. That's 20. It's making $20 million a year to be your number one wide receiver, because that doesn't fit what you're organizationally, what you're trying to do on offense. But I, I'm not necessarily advocating to go that route. I'm just saying the two of those things don't seem to mesh well together. Right? Which is like- fair, but
0: I, at the same time, I, I think this is an offense that's very reliant on guys beating one-on-one coverage, right? And that kind of stuff. Like, I don't think it's an offense like Kyle Shanahan where guys are just schemed wide open and you can kind of play whoever you want in certain roles. Like, They need their outside X receiver to be able to beat one-on-ones quickly and consistently. That's the part that I, I, I really struggle with. If, if mari has gone, who's going to get open one-on-one? And we talked about this all year long. Like, CD's not that guy that's going to win with route running, right? Cedric Wilson's really not that guy either. He's a guy that can really
1: do well in zones. And then Michael Gallup has
0: never been a great separator, and he's coming off a torn
1: ACL. Well, and see, that that actually reveals the problem, is that when Cooper wasn't getting open, which exactly. that was the issue near the end of the season, yeah. is that he wasn't getting open. Yeah, there's nowhere else to there's nothing else to do, right? It was kind of the idea was that it was all based on Cooper providing opportunities for guys like CD and, and down roster wide receivers to get chances to beat one on ones. And when Cooper's not winning his one on ones and forcing double teams or whatever, then this whole thing doesn't work. So I guess that's the pickle right is that like you're either reliant on trying to get the ball to a variety of different players and in that case 20 million dollar wide wide receiver one doesn't make sense or you're trying to get the ball to your your number one receiver and then he's providing for everybody else by the coverage that he's drawing away but that wasn't happening either so I, i guess you know, what, Like I said, I'm not advocating for either side of this. I'm just saying that it doesn't necessarily make sense to have a spread-the-ball-around offense if you have a $20 million wide receiver who isn't producing at $20 million a, a, a year. And again, not because he can't do it, but because of the combination of what's happening with Cooper, what's happening in this offense, the way that the, the play calls are being done. I, I just think this seems like the the... Like the too quick, the the, the non-thoughtful uh, uh, response. It to feels what so
0: short-sighted to me. Y-
1: yeah, I, I agree. I understand that, that you guys wrote the contract in a way that if you wanted to cut this guy, it would be easy. But that doesn't necessarily mean you have to avail yourself nope. of that. Nope. So, um, I, I, yeah, I, I think that's the part I'm struggling with the most is I, I feel like they need to fix this. But I mean, what what happens if you cut? I mean, I, that's the other thing too. What happens if you cut Cooper and then Kellen Moore gets signed by Miami? Yeah, like, well, what, are, are we just blowing this whole chance. thing up? Like,
0: Kellen Moore is down to the last two. It's him and Mike McDaniel for the last yeah. job. Uh, uh, I want to dive in more to this Cooper stuff because I, I've got some additional thoughts I want to add. But before we do that, let's tell you guys about Get Upside. Our listeners are earning cash back for every single gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN for $0.25 cents per gallon or more on your first fill-up. Cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN for $0.25 cents per gallon or more on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making up to $200 or $300 a year just by using GetUpside. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or e-gift card. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get 25 cents per gallon or more on your first tank. Also want to tell you guys about BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march to the Super Bowl BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live real-time updates of current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right. Back to Amari Cooper. Hmm. I just want to take a look at Cooper's career quickly because I think we kind of forget, like, I really feel like in a lot of ways, Amari saved Dak's career. If you look at Dak's numbers, the last 17 games before they traded for Amari. Okay. So that's a full season. He averaged 6.7 yards per attempt and had a passer rating of 82. He was not playing well. He was in a huge, huge slump. Since they've traded for Amari, since that, that one move, his passer, his yards per attempt are up to a 7.9, which is second best in the NFL, and a passer rating of 101.8, which is the third best in the NFL. Dak is just a much better quarterback with Amari. And even in 2020, when Dak didn't play, I thought Amari was fantastic. Like He was really, really good with all the different quarterbacks they had. Uh, and he was pretty healthy that year with Andy Dalton, with Garrett Gilbert, Ben Nucci. It was 1,100 yards, and, you know, he won him some games like that Minnesota game with Andy Dalton as the quarterback. So uh, if, if the goal here is to surround Dak Prescott with talent and make him, you know, allow him to compete with some of these best quarterbacks in the league, taking away his best receiver, I don't know how that helps anybody.
1: I mean, again, it's I I I don't disagree with you. I I, I think that the issue here is is that they don't feel like they can consistently trust him to be there to produce for them. I mean, I think that's it's just been a roller coaster with him. And sure, uh, I, I I agree. Like, I don't think that they're kind of in a tough spot, man. Because like you know, it's worse to get rid of him and then not have that opportunity. But at the same time, when you have him. It's not like that's the, your problem is solved, right? Like it's not like you know the the offense is guaranteed to be consistent or 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 that he's guaranteed to to produce. Like that's the issue I think I have is that we're paying a lot of money at the wide receiver position and we have no wide receiver consistency. You know, uh, okay. and that's it, it, and that's not just not, his problem, right? Like that's, right. that's other people's problem too.
0: You're not wrong, Well, let's play this out. Amari, let's say they do this and they cut Amari. And what's the next step? Because I think at that point, you almost have to spend a high pick on a receiver, right? Like, oh yeah, absolutely. Let's say even they pay Michael Gallup and they pay Cedric Wilson. So you're probably spending a combined 13 to 15 million on those two guys for one year. It's the same receiver core going into next year, just without the best guy. Like, how does that help anything?
1: I mean, I don't, I don't know that it, (laughs) cowboys fans are going to want to hear this (laughs) i don't know that this plan is for next year like i mean you know what i'm saying like well and that's what i want to get to honestly the more like look i'm here's my hot take for the week no go ahead i'm ready if they get rid of demarcus lawrence and they get rid of amari cooper I have to think that what the plan is is let's get one more year of Mike McCarthy, get him out of here, bring in Sean Payton and see if we can reload. That's that's what I imagine that the, well, they have in the back of their head. That's it, that's not I'm advocating had a similar but, thought.
0: If you're if you're doing that, you're not retooling and trying to compete for Super Bowl next year. You're just right. not and they can try to sell you, "Hey, we're going to be better at this spot, this spot. You're not. Your team is worse." And you have a window to basically, they're telling you our window's shut
1: for, to win the Super Bowl. I, I. I don't know if I disagree with that idea though, you know. Yeah. I mean, I, here's the thing: I, I totally, like I said, I'm not advocating for them to, to yeah. for them not to tank or anything like that. But I, I think that there's some legitimacy to the idea that they're not going to be able to reload the way that. They, you know, everyone hopes they can to make a Super Bowl run the way that they did this year. It's it's going to be very difficult. So maybe what you do is you finally do some sort of small rebuild, like this team, frankly, has been avoiding for over a decade. You know, <laughs> so how did so- we get here though? How did how did we get to a spot where they need to rebuild though? Because I. Well, because they had the best chance that they had in over ten, five to ten years, and they completely screwed the pooch when they got to the playoffs.
0: But its I, I feel like, though, it's a combination of a lot of other moves that they've made. Right? I, obviously, they did not play well in the 49er game, but mm-hmm. you don't cut DeMarcus and Lawrence and Amari Cooper just because you lost the playoff game. Don't, you do it because no, you do you've it because made some you... other
1: mistakes along the way. You do it because you spent half the season without those guys, anyways. We're still able to win at different points. And both of them, despite being incredible players when they're on the field, again, they're not providing consistent play for you. I love both of these guys. And I, I'm not advocating I am I let me be clear. I want both of these guys to stay. I don't want anyone to cut these two guys. But we cannot sit here and pretend that these guys are. Playing at a level of consistency that you want for the money that they're being paid, you know what I'm saying? Like that's. I, I,
0: I would mean, disagree a little bit more on DeMarcus Lawrence. I I, I think the injury. Well, probably is... he can't
1: stay healthy. That's yeah, yeah. Issue I, with I, I, I think yeah. when Lawrence plays, he's very consistent. Uh, oh, absolutely. Let me yeah, let me be clear. Lawrence's issue is only about being on the field. It's it's it, Lawrence and Tyron Smith are probably the closer comparison than than Lawrence and Cooper. It's just like Lawrence and Cooper are being talked about right now because of their current contract situations Cooper's situation to me like he's an enigma I mean, I think I think that's been clear since he was, was with Oakland right like he'll have 250 yards receiving one one week against the Eagles and then next week have you know convert five of on 10 targets and and for 60 yards you know it's I, I, and then get hurt and miss a game or they come back and have 200 yards it's like I, I, with Lawrence, like when he's on the field, I feel like I know what I'm going to get with Cooper. I could get the moon. I could get the best receiver in football, or I could get, you know, a guy who doesn't seem terribly interested in being on the field. It's, it's really, it's hard to describe. And frankly, I think Oakland people tried to tell us this at certain points that this kind of was a thing. And it's kind of hard to actually talk about until you see it. But this is what we see with him is that, He's like a Ferrari, right? If it's not perfectly tuned, it's not running like a Ferrari. And and that's – I think that's been the issue with, with Cooper for most of the parts when we've had problems with him is that if he's a little bit nicked up or if he's hurt, it's, it's the diminishing returns are are severe.
0: I would rather have the Ferrari, though, that leaks oil every once in a while than a minivan that's in pristine condition. I'm just telling Absolutely. you.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. But I guess look, the point is is that we can't sit there and uh, – I would too, but we can't sit here and pretend like there is no problem, right? That there isn't that's, oil. Yeah, and that's fine. February, that's you fine. know what I'm saying? Like that's. I think that's the thing that, that we need to keep in mind is that the re- they may be overreacting. They are overreacting as far as I'm concerned, but we shouldn't be, pretend like there isn't something to react to. it's yeah. had issues over the last year? I think – I think the
0: offensive problems can be solved by tweaks and not tearing everything down and starting I,
1: over. I disagree. That, that's my thing. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I'm sorry. I agree. I very much agree.
0: Yeah. Uh, that, that's all. So uh, to me though, what's so fascinating about this is you have Dak Prescott, who's going to be turning 29 this offseason, And if you cut two of your top, let's say eight players, what are we doing here? Like, it does feel like you're going to be a little bit back in like the 2011 to 2013 window with Tony Romo where, Hey, we've got a franchise quarterback, but our roster is just not that good. So let's just go eight and eight every year.
1: I don't know if it's that severe. I mean, I think maybe well, not
0: that severe, but it. what's frustrating is it feels like the NFC is opening up, right? Like this is your time to go, to go be competitive, right? Like I
1: agree, I do agree with that. The timing, it, the window is open the more than ever in the,
0: in the conference, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I think I, I think the problem is is that this team refuses to to kind of go through a rebuild situation. So they're constantly, you know, every five or six years having to deal with the situations where you know oh we have this they have this two or three year window where our our superstars are on contracts we can handle we have a really good draft class that's going to you know buoy the rest of the team we just got to get we got to win this now and then they get through that and now they're on the other side of it and the contracts don't look as pretty the the rookies are are going to be going to be coming up but they're going to want their contracts soon you know ultimately at the end of the day at some point like they have to align this better. It's just last year was the year that yes. all, all that stuff aligned. <laughs> I mean, that's just, yeah, it's hard. It it's hard to swallow, but that's the truth. So the question is, what do you do from now? From now, do you just try to re uh, uh, to replicate what you, what happened last year, as best as you could with the players that you have and hope for the best, hope for the same kind of lightning in the bottle. Or do you try to take a step back, reorganize some things, and hope that you know drafting can kind of get you back closer to where you are? You clear some of this num- these numbers off your books with the hopes that you can kind of resign some other guys. I, I, you know, these aren't good answers. Neither one of them are good no. answers. So uh, you know, I, I don't like either of them. Uh, but I mean, that's where uh, we are. Here is
0: what I wouldn't do, though, Landon. I, I wouldn't cut Amari Cooper to bring back Michael Gallup and Cedric Wilson on one year deals.
1: I wouldn't do that. No, I, I honestly like. Listen, I think that the idea of cutting Cooper, like they should try to trade him. <laughs> like even if oh it's yeah, nothing, I, if... even if it's for nothing. Like the, the idea of just cutting Cooper yeah. sounds dumb to me. It is. So, uh, you know, I, I don't disagree. And if if you're gonna do it, you know, just re-signing one of those two guys for when you approve it deals like that's not going to be enough for your offense like you're going to need to take one of those draft picks definitely one of those high draft picks and, and pick a wide receiver and then probably sign another guy in free agency that's 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 out use some of that money so um yeah i mean the whole the whole problem with this with with you know kind of it's not just that you're cutting cooper it's that you're kind of realigning the, the the way that you want this team to win i mean the, the whole idea was this team was supposed to score a bunch of points and this defense was going to be good enough to keep them in games now you're trying to rely on this defense to be good throughout the season because you got dan quinn back like that seems With like you're falling into classic fallacies like that's yeah, i agree that's a bad idea
0: we'll see what happens um there was some talk of Maybe the Cowboys could convince DeMarcus Lawrence to take a bit of a pay cut so they could resign Randy Gregory. I don't think they should have to do that. I, I, I mean, I listen, if, if, that's the, if that's the only option to keep DeMarcus Lawrence, sure, try that. But I don't know. It's, it's, it's going to be a fascinating offseason for the Cowboys because it does feel like a little bit they're stuck in limbo. Should they go out and try to put everything together, push the, some of the cap numbers back to go for a run this next year? That's kind of the way I'm leaning but it sounds like you're more leaning like, hey, let's rebuild this, kind of clear our books and get ready for 23, 24.
1: I'm, I'm not. Let me be clear. I'm okay. not. Well, leaning I, think you, I
0: think you're more I, I open think, to a rebuild than maybe I, I am.
1: I think it's more that I'm saying that people need to realize that this is not a straightforward decision. Like this is oh. not a cut or dry decision. Like you, you're leaning that way and I'm leaning on that way with you, actually. Okay. But I'm also recognizing that that's not a good solution either like bringing all those guys back you know is hoping that you're going to have the exact same situation and that's going to play out the exact same way next year and to me to me that seems just as unlikely to be a positive for next year as going the other route i i think that it's it's the cowboys are in a are in a tough spot and and i think that neither of these two choices and it's actually probably a combination of four choices when you're doing all that right yeah, yeah. but i don't think any of the, these choices are 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 going to get us to a point where we're going to feel the way about this team that we did before last year's training camp. I, I just feel like it's, it's either you're putting band-aids over bullet holes or you're ripping the whole thing out and, you know, looking towards a year or two in the future.
0: That's fair. Um, all right, let's take one more quick break so we can tell you guys about Bilt Bar. If you guys know Built Bar, Built Bar is mm-hmm. one of our favorite sponsors here. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours about get, is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar into your plan. Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, with most Built Bars only containing 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. And there's so many great flavors to choose from, coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and so many more. In fact, Built is always coming up with new limited time flavors. So check out Built.com often to see what's new. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Bilt.com. All right, let's they talk about. They are consistent, Bill. Barr yeah, they are consistent. Just, they they something. always
1: show up. Yeah,
0: they should be part of the rebuilding plan of the Cowboys. That's right. Uh, let's talk about something that's le- less stressful than the Cowboys' mm-hmm. offseason. Most the Senior Bowl, uh, they had practice on Thursday. It was the final practice of the week. Don't have any big big takeaways from the practice. It's kind of the same things we've been talking about. But anybody that you wanted to
1: mention. I thought Penning had a had a has had a better last two days, right? Trevor that's Penning a better
0: from Northern Ireland. Yep.
1: Yeah. I, I especially you know especially where he started out early in the week. It looked like it was just a little bit trying to him getting his feet under him, trying to adjust to the, the different speed. I mean, obviously that's a huge jump in competition for him, and uh he's yep. physically up to it and that's why he's there. But sometimes it's, you know, it's like it's like uh, the the transition from college to NFL or just, you know, the first day of practice when you're a rookie, it's just getting used to that new speed and playing at that new speed. And uh, I think he's, he's done a really good job of uh, taking his physicality to another level. Uh, he's really shown a lot of just kind of nastiness, finishing guys hard onto the turf and, and burying them down into the nope. ground, maybe a little bit more than some of the defensive guys wanted, but uh, I think that, that that shows a kind of willingness to play with the kind of edge that, that that you know you need to have in order to make the transition from that level of competition to the NFL. Yep. I
0: agree. I thought Penning was much better on Thursday. He, also, he almost started like 17 fights, which is kind of great for yep. an offensive tackle. I love that. Yeah, um, I'm going to have you mark down a name right now that I can almost guarantee the Cowboys are going to draft probably fourth or fifth in the round. Are you ready? Let's hear it. Uh, Khalir, uh, Khalil Shakir, wide receiver, Boise State. Uh, he okay. had a really good practice. Boise State, huh? yeah, really good practice on Thursday. Six foot one ninety five. Uh, not overly fast. Probably gonna run in like the four four eight to four, four five two. Uh, can play in the slot. Can play on the outside. Just gets
1: open. Catches everything. Probably a Dallas pick. That sounds like a Dallas wide receiver to a certain degree. Maybe a little I, bit small, but yeah. Yeah, need one to replace Amari
0: Cooper, I guess, right?
1: <laughs> good luck sir <laughs> uh
0: try to think of some other guys that had big practices on thursday i, th- I thought troy anderson we mentioned him on the show.
1: travis yep. jones continues to just yeah. Yeah. really show out every single practice it's just a physically difficult person to keep blocked you know
0: third third round ish
1: is that what we're thinking yeah, yeah. i mean that sounds That's right honestly kind of where
0: nose tackles go like if you're not a great pass rusher
1: otherworldly yeah yeah i guess i mean that's kind of gonna, he's maybe, kind of obtained that level of as high as you can go without being a great pass rusher nose tackle right yeah i
0: feels like in the same range as like what osa went last year right
1: probably yeah that sounds and right.
0: listen i think travis jones like if you defensive tackle yukon if you, you draft him in the third round he immediately replaces Quentin Bohana. And you've got an actual guy that can hold up against the run and give you a little bit of pass rush if you need I think that would be a great pick for Dallas.
1: Winfrey so. from OU, obviously we talked about him yesterday. Mm-hmm. He's obviously another guy. Well, who's the kid from UCLA? Is his name Anagbri? Yeah, I, I, I was watching the Senior Bowl tape with
0: my brother yesterday. I so said, well, there's another UCLA defensive lineman that I'm going to love
1: uh yeah i liked him uh you know he had kind of a little bit of inconsistent pad level at times uh but i i think physically you look at him you're like you i could work with him right i I definitely think he he might have something
0: yeah uh that's a foreseeable though do you you care about the game really at all i mean we talked about this a little bit yesterday but i you look back at like some of the guys that perform well in that game and it doesn't necessarily translate
1: to the nfl I don't know. Well, you know, I mean, the the other thing too is that when we look back, I mean, the problem is, is that it's like you you have these guys kind of rotating in and kind of un uh, you know unregulated manners. So it's really difficult to kind of parse who had a big game, other than like you know seeing who had the biggest numbers. But you may have the biggest numbers because you're the third worst quarterback and you play the entire second half yeah. or, you know what yep. I'm saying? So, yeah, I mean, I think the game could show you some stuff, you know, especially on the offensive and defensive line a little yep. bit, uh, just to kind of see how they perform in full speed, takedown, linebackers, tackling running backs, tackling that uh, being tackled, that sort of thing. But you're right. I mean, for the most part, the the the, the diamonds and the rough are found in the practice team.
0: The last question I have for you before we move on, is there yeah. anybody from this week who you really didn't know anything going in who just you know you had you were watching the tape and it's like oh this this guy's good and then you kind of had to look up and see who that was. Did you have any of those guys this week?
1: Yeah, I mean Kingsley and Nogbury. I mean yeah. I'm not sure if I'm even saying his name right. From, now, but from guy, South Carolina, yep. Yeah, definitely. I didn't know who he was, and then, and just watching the tape, I'm like, okay, who's that guy? <laughs> he gets yeah. off like a demon. He's got long arms. He's he's kind of svelte in the middle. He could duck under. Uh, mm-hmm. He's he's got good flexibility. Uh, I I mean I think I looked him up and did he only have like two and a half sacks or something yep. this year? Yep. I I can't wait to dig into the tape on this guy because I don't understand that. I mean he just looks so incredibly talented. He was giving everybody fits all throughout practice. Yep.
0: Uh, my guy is Cole Strange, the center from oh, Tennessee yeah. Chattanooga.
1: Yeah, uh, I liked no, him too. Uh, yeah, it, it just it was because he had that weird helmet. That like it looks just like the Tennessee yep. helmet, except it was like been faded, basically. Yep. And, and yep. it just had a bunch of really good reps against a bunch of really good folks.
0: And no gloves, no sleeves, nothing.
1: Just football player. Um, no frills. No. Frills.
0: I, I think he's probably a zone center in the NFL, but I was impressed. It seemed like he didn't get beat all that often and it's kind of what you want to see.
1: Yeah. And, and, and again, against the guys that I was expecting to see beat somebody. And then I'm like, how is this dude getting blocked by this guy from Tennessee Chattanooga? Yep. And, and, and you start to realize after a while that he's doing it to a several different people. And you're like, okay, who is this guy from mm-hmm. Tennessee Chattanooga? So yeah, yeah he
0: had some good. really good reps against Travis Jones and it's like, how, how, how are yeah, you doing how? this? Uh, came to find out that he's actually working with uh, Lance Sterling's dad this offseason. Yeah, to get Lance Erline's really
1: dad is a long-time NFL uh, offensive line coach. I think he was the Arizona Cardinals offensive line. The coach.
0: Steelers yeah. and the Cardinals. Yep,
1: Steelers and the Cardinals. Yeah, so so not there surprising. You go.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, good player. It really, really fun. That's what the Senior Bowl is about, though. That's why we like it. It's because we go into this week knowing some players, but not everybody, yeah. and you come out like you know, seven or eight guys that just c- completely shocked you with their play at the Senior Bowl. I think Cole Strange is one of those guys. For him, so, uh, All right. That is it for today's show. Thank you for tuning in. Oh, we forgot to talk about the Pro Bowl skills competition. Uh, oh, well. Let's talk about that real quick.
1: Just real quick. Yeah. Uh, Michael Parsons is very fast. Uh, and uh, uh, Diggs is very good at catching the football. There you go. <laughs> Thanks guys. So see you next time. That's, re- that's
0: our <laughs> recap. Uh faster than Tyree killed Michael Parsons is, apparently. Uh,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, I think Tyreek, if he was really trying, he couldn't beat Parsons backwards. But,
1: maybe. maybe.
0: Uh, follow us on YouTube. You can follow us on Twitter at Locked on Cowboys. Follow Lane and McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. We'll see you guys next time.